0: Who's there? I'm your host Allison. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. This is a podcast where I talk to a new horror fan every week because I hope to destigmatize what it means to be a horror movie fan. Because most of us are just regular people who like the adrenaline rush of being scared for some reason. And here we delve into those reasons. This week I'm so excited to share with you the conversation I had with the writer-director of the new Hulu original horror movie Clock, Alexis Jacknow. Clock has been called David Cronenberg for women, so if that doesn't pique your interest, I don't know it will. It's about a woman who doesn't want kids and checks herself into a clinic to fix her to fix her broken biological clock. I had several things in common with the main character, which you'll hear on the conversation, but Alexis told me about how she got into horror later in life, the real inspiration that is very personal behind the story that is clock and what the filming process was like we also talked about our favorite pregnancy horror movies and our favorite pregnancy horror tv shows one last thing before we get into this episode if you love the show and haven't left us a review on itunes yet i'd be so grateful if you could take a second to rate and review it on apple podcasts or spotify and subscribe to our feed wherever you listen to us thank you again to already to everyone who's already left us a review, it's so appreciated as it really helps people to find us. I think I've rambled enough, so let's get into our conversation with Alexis Jack now. Hey, Alexis, how are you? Oh, I'm so well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you about your new movie, Clock. But do you want to start by telling everyone who's listening a little bit about yourself?
1: Uh sure yeah uh my name is Alexis Jack now um I am a Jew from the Bible Belt uh <laughs> filmmaker you know living in LA um studied acting at NYU and I am super excited to share clock with everybody in t minus three days
0: Oh, so exciting um I didn't know that you went to NYU I I live in New York City now and oh, the best city. Yes. Uh, That must have been so interesting being a Jew in the Bible Belt. I'm also Jewish, but I'm from Long Island, so it's a little bit different. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Awesome. Uh, So the first thing I always ask everyone who comes on is what's your favorite scary movie?
1: You know, I... I I'm still figuring that out because I was a scaredy cat my whole life. And I I only recently got into horror in the last few years, but I'm actually really responding to um, like television horror right now. Like I loved the baby on HBO. I loved the first season of Yellow Jackets. Um, Just kind of like this gritty female horror that's happening that, you know, clearly I'm, I'm interested in making as well
0: (laughs) definitely I haven't heard of the baby I will have to go check that out but yellow jackets is great
1: the baby is great my editor and I discovered it while we were editing clock (laughs) and we we just binged it and we were we had the best time
0: oh that's so cool um so you said you recently got into horror what inspired you to start looking into the genre a little bit more
1: I mean, honestly, seeing what the marketplace was doing, you know, for writers and especially female writers, um, you know, I think, what was it, three or four years ago now, I was asked to pitch to 20th Digital uh, for their uh, bite-sized Halloween shorts. Um, And I had never written horror before, but I came up with a couple, you know, pitches and we made them into shorts. And uh, after that, it was like, okay, well, you better, you better educate yourself because this is what the industry wants. And this is what the industry's asking of you right now. And so that's kind of, you know, when I went down the rabbit hole.
0: Oh, very cool. Did you happen to binge a lot of horror during lockdown?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I, I have begun my education. Absolutely. And, you know, what a terrifying time to just (laughs) horror, you know, during a pandemic and a lockdown and being alone sometimes, you know, like if my husband was off making a movie or something, but I was like, I have to do this. I have to learn this, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Uh, So why do you think that people who seem perfectly sane love the horror genre?
1: Oh, um, why do people uh, this is so this is a great question like all of my best girlfriends are horror fanatics um Mm -hmm. and you know they're they're mostly sane but um you know (laughs) it's like the thrill of it mixed with the messaging um and just No, it's like being on a roller coaster. It's like knowing that you're safe at the end of the day, but still getting that like juiced up thrill is really fun. It's entertaining. Yeah,
0: definitely. I definitely agree. Yeah. Um, So the reason why I reached out to you to see if I could interview you is because you recently wrote and directed a new horror thriller that is now streaming when this comes out on Hulu called Clock. I watched it last Friday and I loved it. And by loved, I mean hated it because (laughs) the shit shit women face is so frustrating. And as a child-free woman who doesn't want kids at all, I totally related to your main character, Ella. Um, Do you want to start by telling everyone a little bit about what Clock is about?
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, Clock, like you mentioned, is about a child-free woman in her late 30s, um, Ella. She is very happy with the life that she lives. She you know, has a successful career, a wonderful marriage. Uh, she loves her family. She's a devoted community member and friend, but she is faced with so much outside pressure from society and friends and family and, you know, her own cultural heritage um, about having children, uh, which is something that she never wanted. And she feels uh, pressured enough that uh, she seeks out a way to, quote, fix her broken biological clock.
0: What inspired you to write Clock?
1: was a very personal story. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. I um, you know, I struggled for many many years about, you know, whether or not I I wanted to have children, um and and choose that path for myself. It was really the thing that was tormenting me and keeping me up at night and uh I, you know, definitely have had fears about pregnancy and childbirth and so it just felt right for a horror film and frankly like the pressures I felt were horrific, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah,, uh, yeah. um, the opening scene where she is getting all of that from her girlfriends was not your typical. Cold open for a horror movie, but it was pretty horrifying anyway, and I could so relate to it. Um, Luckily, most people don't even try to tell me how great motherhood is anymore, because I'm like, "That's great for you." But what uh, a dream.
1: Well, it's kind of funny. (laughs) Um, One of the the actors who plays one of the mothers in that scene who says. You know, um, yes, you do, you want kids, you know, when she like immediately gives that rebuttal to Ella. Um, that's my best friend, Margot Susie. And the first time I met her, she said that to me in real life. And <sighs> yeah, I know, and that was like, you know, 15 years ago, but and we still managed to have like a beautiful friendship after that. But I was like, Oh, hey, you're cast, like perfect. These words just come <laughs> out of your mouth in real life. Sit in that chair and say them again.
0: <laughs> Amazing. So I'm assuming the opening scene is just a a combination of just your personal experiences throughout life
1: with people. So much of the movie is, I mean, so much of like the first act is, you know, um, obviously like, you know, Aiden is not my husband and Joseph is not my father. And thank God, Dr. Simmons is not my therapist. Um, (laughs) But, you know, there are shades of these, these things and some things, yes, I have heard verbatim.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um and I also love how you uh bring in uh Judaism into it because I know that it's often used as a way to like pressure people into becoming parents cuz like why did we survive the holocaust if not to um you know multiply uh yeah. can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, um like I mentioned I'm I'm Jewish and I I that has been part of the pressure I have felt is, you know, this huge responsibility um, because our people have been persecuted throughout the centuries, you know, we are dwindling in numbers and uh, I, I love our people. I love the Jewish people. I love being Jewish. And um, I do want to see us, you know, carry on. And so um, I, I feel this responsibility towards that, uh, which is just such an unfair pressure that we carry, um, because of the, the genocide that we faced, not just last century, but, you know, centuries prior as well.
0: Definitely. Um, it's, I don't, it's not as big, but it's kind of similar to the pressure that people who don't yet, or don't want kids feel from their from their parents to have kids so that they can have grandkids or that they can have someone to take care of them when they are, you know, old. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely
1: also doesn't just apply to the Jewish culture. I mean, I know that there are many, you know, there's pressure from many cultures out there on, on, um, people to, to procreate and have kids. And in some sense, like it's, it's perfectly natural. (laughs) It's perfectly normal. And, you know, in another sense, it's just, um, it's not okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, let everyone do what they want to do. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I love that I think um Ella was wearing a high. Is that yes. yes I have one for my baby naming
1: that I wear. Oh my right god. Now.
0: Yeah. I was yeah, like, Oh, I relate th- I relate to this character so hard. Oh so. my god.
1: Yes. Good catch with the high. And um, I mean this is really just the eagle eyed viewer would catch it, um, because we didn't end up making a big thing about it, but her grandmother, the picture on the mantle, um, she wears the same pie. Uh, And so the idea is like that was her grandmother's necklace. And when it breaks in her hand, you know, other things kind of come out of the, the woodwork. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: So what was filming clock like?
1: Oh my gosh. It was, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. And it was the most rewarding thing I've ever done. Um, You know, we had very short notice between the time that we were greenlit and the time that we started prep. Um, so it was very much a whirlwind, uh, but I got to go home and shoot it in my hometown of Austin, Texas, um, which was fantastic. I, I love that city. I love being there. Um, it was really nice to to be in a familiar place to to make the movie. Um, and kind of dig into my roots there and use the community, you know, that, that I've built over the years to, to help me out. Um, and they were so helpful and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was quick. It was a 20 day shoot. So it was just like, you hit the ground running and here we are like less than a year later releasing it. So it's just been a total whirlwind.
0: That's awesome. How long did it take you to write the script?
1: Um, I think I wrote it. In a few months, um, but that was scattered over a year. I was I was going back and forth between that script um, and another project I have called The Blindings with 21 Laps. So it was just kind of like, you know, turn in one draft, turn in the next, and then, you know, back and forth like that um, until Clock got greenlit last February.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, did the storyline go through any significant changes during production?
1: No, not during production. It really... it. We really got to stay true to the script, which was, you know, great because the last thing you want to be doing is rewriting while you're directing and, you know, in the middle of production. I mean, there were probably like small little changes here or there. Um, You know, we did have to fire the the dog at some point because he wasn't cooperating, so I had to rewrite like a little scene on the fly, you know, excluded him suddenly. But you know, it's a little thing here and there, but no, no major, no major script changes.
0: Awesome. Um, how did you wind up casting uh Diana Agron as Ella?
1: Yeah, so um, you know, we were definitely looking for a, a Jewish actress to play the part. And um, I've been a fan of Diana's for so many years. Um she just has, if you look at her her career, she just picks such interesting roles and such different roles. And she drops into them in this really beautiful way. And even back on Glee, I noticed that she just has this presence and she's super emotionally connected. And because she's had this career where she's shown that she can kind of do anything. I mean, that's what Ella needed, like, because she runs the gamut of emotions and, you know, go, goes through this roller coaster on screen. And so I needed somebody that could, you know, lay all in, in you know, all of those waters. Um, and another thing I really love about Diana and that we were kind of looking for in all the, the main characters that we cast um, was like a grounded voice, like a grounded sound from these people to really like anchor them in reality. And nobody has a more grounded or beautiful voice than Diana Agron. <laughs>
0: Were there any horror directors or directors in general that influenced or inspired you while you were directing Clock? Um,
1: yeah. I mean, I, I really looked to Darren Aronofsky's, you know, Black Swan as, as, as a reference. I looked to um, Homecoming, Amazon's Homecoming um, as a reference. Um, and I just loved like the eerie tone of their um their clinic setting, you know, that I felt like I wanted to do like the, the quote female version of, you know, that quote male, (laughs) male setting that they had, you know, made for the soldiers. And I wanted to see what that would feel like in a, you know, a feminine setting with pinks and grays and, you know, eucalyptus leaves and all of that, you know, crap.
0: (laughs) I wonder if we are far off from seeing a clinic that is actually like this. If the birth rates start it continue to decline, I don't know if there's going to be like some religious fundamentalist that tries to start this. Do you think do you think that might happen?
1: I mean, it's really scary that we have to even ask that or entertain that, but it doesn't feel so dystopian anymore. I mean, When we started making this movie, Roe was still in place. And then on the last day of of principal photography, the Supreme Court opinion leaked uh, about Roe. And so we all showed up to set like, oh oh my God, you know? And then two months later back in LA when we were shooting the cold open where a woman rips something out of her body because she doesn't want to choose motherhood, that was the day Roe was overturned. And so the timing has just been wild with this piece. And it has, you know, Roe being overturned during the making of this movie has cast a whole other light onto it that was not originally intended. Um, and it's become a much heavier piece because of that. I'm glad though, that it's here to, you know, keep these conversations going and to to have that as a talking point about the movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, had you asked me that last, you know, this time last year, I'd have been like, I don't really think that that's something that could ever happen. And now I'm like, well, if we continue down this road, who knows?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a scary time. Yeah. So it seems like fertility and pregnancy horror are having a moment with false positive that came out on Hulu a couple of years ago and bed rest came out recently on Tubi. Uh, of course there's inside from 2007 and the classic Rosemary's baby. Um, and, um, did any of these films, uh, you know, provide
1: inspiration to you? You know, I, I hadn't seen, uh, Rosemary's baby when I started writing clock, if you can believe it, like I said, I was a scaredy cat, but of course I watched it, you know, you know, while I was, you know, making it, um, and it was, you know, it was great, Um, I think false positive came out. What year did that come out? Like last year? Yeah. I think it was
0: last year or maybe the year before that.
1: Yeah. It came out like, I think as I was writing it and I love Alana Glazer so much. Um, and Pierce Brosnan forever. I mean, he was my childhood crush and (laughs) and my adult crush too. Um, Um, but, um, I, you know, I think they just like, took some big swings and, you know, did some weird stuff, which was really cool. Um, And then I just watched a really beautiful, really beautiful pregnancy horror movie called Nanny on uh, Prime. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just watched that a few weeks ago, actually. And so, yeah, I guess I didn't realize how much this topic was cropping up in horror, um, until I kind of looked at what's on the festival circuit this year and like, what was it overlooked with us? And, um, I hear birth rebirth is incredible. And, you know, there's, there's just all, all of these stories about, you know, Female body autonomy and pregnancy horror coming out, and there's there's absolutely a reason for that. It's because what's it's what's on our mind right now, and the baby is the baby is one of them. So you should really check it out because it's it's great.
0: All right, I'll have to I'll have to do that. Um, have you speaking of the festival circuit? Have you seen Give Me an A yet?
1: You know what, I've seen a lot of those shorts, I haven't seen every single one of them, but um, a lot of those filmmakers were with me at Overlook, um, and I've gotten to connect with a couple of them, and they're just uh, total delights, um, and oof, that first one, you know, where Meg's Meg's short, where the mouth seals shut, I was just like, oh, that's exactly what that day felt like, you know, it was, yeah, um, yeah it was a, it was very close to home, for sure.
0: Yeah, I saw that in a packed theater at the Brooklyn Horror Film Festival last year. Um, And it was awesome. I couldn't stay for the whole thing, but I'm going to catch the rest of it. Uh So when you were shopping the script around, if you had to do that, did anyone, particularly anyone male, not really get it?
1: Um, So it was actually just, it's always been with Hulu. um, So I didn't have to you know, um, shop it or anything like that. It was uh, kind of 20th has this um, little machine going with their shorts that they, you know, then shoot, choose a few of them to develop into features. So um, they were the ones I had to pitch the feature version to. And the men in that, in my male executives there have been really supportive of the story from the beginning. I mean, you know, they they were the ones that, because especially because I had made two shorts for them and they, they both said to me, like, we think clock is the more urgent one that, you know, we should, we should pitch out and develop into a feature. Um, so yeah, they've, they've totally had my back the whole time and um, they, they have been just as supportive and interested in telling this story as, as I am.
0: Awesome. That's great to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um. So obviously all women should see this. Do you think that there is something that men could also take away from clock if they watch it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they can learn about our experience, you know. Um, it's a way into our experience and it's a way to uh learn how to, you know, be an ally and, and speak to women or speak to your partner or speak to your friends, you know, um in, in a different way or in a better way. And you know, it's so funny. There's there's this um there's this male reviewer uh recently who was just like, I've never felt so seen by a movie. And I was like, really? Like that's incredible. You know, but I guess like he and his wife don't want children. And he, you know, so it's not just women that experience this. Like it's absolutely yeah. men too. And this movie isn't just, you know, for for people who don't want children. Like this is a movie for anybody who society deems other, you know, um anybody who is living outside the the societal norms. Um, because it's about not compromising yourself and and having the courage to live your authentic life in in the face of these societal pressures and I really feel that that is the bravest thing a person can do um, besides being a mother believe it or not you know so I mean like these are the things you know they're they're both they're both such um, they both take such bravery and um, I I really hope that clock doesn't discount motherhood that's not at all the intention you know i mean my god like m- moms are the best we need them <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah somebody yeah. needs to raise the kids cuz somebody I, has to i sure don't want to <laughs> do you have any future projects on the horizon
1: yeah so um i'm i'm in development uh with the the one I mentioned before, the blindings with 21 laps, uh, which is another horror story that I'm really excited about. Um, I have my drama called The Villager, um, which we have a beautiful cast attached to. And, you know, we're we're just trying to find the right partners in order to, you know, get going on that. And there are a lot of irons in the fire. We'll see what happens with the potential upcoming writer strike. Um, and
0: oh, no. <laughs> <go from> there. <laughs> Oh no, I hope I hope that doesn't happen, but who knows.
1: We'll um
0: <laughs> is there any one last thing that you want people to know about Clock before they watch it?
1: Yeah, I want people to know that Clock isn't a movie saying that women shouldn't have children and it's not a movie saying that women should have children. It is a movie saying that we should support women and support all people and their choices no matter what they are uh with open arms and a loving heart.
0: I love it. That's a great message. Um, I have a couple questions left. Um, not related to clock, but if you could remake one horror movie based on all the horror movies that you binge during lockdown, or maybe one that you've heard about, which one would it be?
1: This is an excellent question. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. I don't have a great answer off the top of my head, but let me, let me, Put that in the background and then ask me the rest of your questions mm-hmm. and we will come back to it.
0: Um, so my last question is if you had to spend quarantine with one horror villain, who would it be? <laughs>
1: hmm. I feel like I kind of did, which <laughs> my 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 friend Anna Zlokovic just made a movie called Appendage, and it's um about kind of like the Physical manifestation of your anxiety. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I think I j- I probably just spent all of quarantine with with that little creature. <laughs> <laughs> that's, oh, that's so funny. Um, I think the thing about remaking horror is that it's also fresh to me. Mm-hmm. That like I haven't had time to to think like oh well I would I loved that idea I want to go back and rework that or whatever because it's all so new that I just I feel <laughs> like oh these are new ideas you know what I mean yeah.
0: Yeah, totally okay. I'll come back to you in five years when you've seen. Great, right. I'll have a good lecture. Like I want to
1: remake Clock.
0: <laughs> no, no. Um, well, thank you so much for being here. I really enjoyed Clock, and I hope everyone who's listening um, goes and watches it on Hulu. It's on Hulu now. Um, so, where can everyone find you if you're on the internet, or just where should they find your work?
1: Yeah, I am on uh, Instagram uh, at a stage J um, or just type in Alexis Jack. Now there's only one of me, so I'll pop up Uh, and uh, yeah, that's where you can find me.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much again and best of luck with
1: clock. Thanks, Allison. Appreciate it.
0: That's it for this week's episode of Who's There. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Alexis Jack now, and thanks again to Alexis for coming on. I'll leave links to her socials in the show notes, and don't forget to check out Clock on Hulu right now. You can follow us on Twitter at Who's There Pod or on Instagram at Who's There Podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, horror movie recommendations, or you'd like to be a guest, shoot us an email at Who's There at gmail.com. Until next time, stay scary and never ask Who's There.